Welcome to the Real Estate Masters Podcast, a podcast with top real estate agents sharing insights of how they've grown their business. Every guest is unique and serves different markets, so you will find value in each and every episode. And now our host, Executive Coach, April Mapp. It's always my privilege to have you join me It's on the Real Estate Masters podcast. And today I have an interview that I cannot wait for you to hear. You are going to have your socks blown off. This interview is with Richard Wilkinson. He's with Remax Vintage in Houston, Texas. He's moved here. Can you imagine this? From Johannesburg, South Africa, had an amazing real estate career in Johannesburg and now has moved to Houston. And in just a few months, you will not believe what he has done. Come here with new processes, a new market, doesn't know anyone, took the basics, the fundamentals, the things that he knew from real estate in Johannesburg. And within, well, the very first month was the number one agent in his company of 80 agents incredible. And you are going to just love listening to Richard talk, an amazing accent, such a kind warmness about him. This is a great interview. You're not going to want to miss any portion of it. So here we go. My interview with Richard Wilkinson. Hi, Richard. I am so excited to have you today on the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Hey, April. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, really been looking forward to this all week and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. So I know our listeners are wondering about that accent that we're hearing. So tell us about you, where you're from, and and I know it's quite a story. So let us know, how'd you get here? Well, it all started a long time ago. Actually, English from England, but I grew up most of my life in South Africa. So I have a bit of a mixed accent. A lot of people might hear the South African accent in me, but when I go to England, I sound South African, and when I'm in South Africa, people think I'm from England. So that's funny. It's a, so it's a bit, uh, bit of fun and games, and uh, yeah, that explains my accent really. Right, and you were in Johannesburg, right? That's correct. I was in the south of Johannesburg from the year 2000 until 2019. Wow, and now in Houston, Texas. Actually in Houston proper, or where are you at in Houston? Well, I live in Sugarland, so just outside in Fort Bend County, but I work up in the Champions area by Tomball in the north of Houston. Yes. Okay. And so tell us how you got to Houston. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was in 2019, we decided we would immigrate to England. And then halfway through that process, my wife got offered a job in Brisbane, Australia. So she applied for it, and then the position actually moved to Houston. And uh, my wife came home one day and said, Richard, what do you think about Houston, Texas, and America? And I said, well, Rox, you know, we've both never been to America. We've got no kids, so we've got nothing to lose. Let's, let's go have a look, and let's experience a bit of life and a bit of what America has to offer. So how's it going so far? <laughs> uh, a lot better than I was expecting it. Obviously, I've been in the real estate industry since I was 18. And uh, yeah, the industry here blew my mind, April. It's something I could not have imagined in South Africa. And Texas is awesome. I love Texas. Uh, The Texans, they're such amazing people, uh, very welcoming, uh, very polite. I was very surprised by that. I consider myself a polite person. 
And when I got here, I wondered, am I even polite enough? So it's been amazing. That's very interesting. So how does the real estate market compare here in the States and, and in Texas, particularly to where you were in Johannesburg? America, it's blown my mind in terms of how real estate has been set up, its structure, the infrastructure, the MLS, the way property is transferred from a seller to a buyer. That whole process is totally different to what I'm used to. The numbers involved here in America, the efficiency, it's its amazing. In South Africa, it would take us three months on average to transfer a property from a seller's name to a buyer's name. So we'd actually wait three months to get paid after the sale. We're here, it's 30 days. It's incredible. Wow. What, what other differences? I mean, and that's huge. But as far as marketing, how you work with buyers and sellers, does that look a lot differently? It actually does. The way we go about setting up appointments here in America, we have the, obviously, we use showing time here in, uh, in Texas. I don't know if the other agents around the country use the same service, but it's an appointment service where you'd, you know, just get on your computer and set up an appointment. Whereas in South Africa, what we would have to do is I'd pick up the phone, arrange the appointment with the buyer, then I'd phone the listing agent. You would then have to phone the seller. And then, Mm. you know, you'd actually go through that whole process. And then if somebody's running late, you'd have to go through that whole process to reschedule the appointment, postpone the appointment, let them know. And uh, yeah, it was chaotic when compared to America. I mean, in South Africa, I was on the phone. I made and received between 80 and 100 phone calls on a standard day. Mm. I literally had a (laughs) piece. That kind of reminds me of 1986, actually, when I got into real estate. (laughs) It was somewhat similar to that process. So um, very, very interesting, though. And it is amazing how things have been so streamlined and we take it for granted, I know, so often. You're so lucky. You moved here, though, and, I mean, you've created – an entire new business. Even though you are familiar with real estate, you understand the, the you know, the structure of yeah. buying and selling real estate and selling real estate. But I mean, now you've got to come into a market where you really don't know anyone. I mean, how, what did that look like? Yeah, it's a, uh, I never ever thought I'd have to start from the beginning all over again. In South Africa, I was in the top 1% of all the, all the estate agents in the country in terms of earnings. I've run multiple businesses in South Africa and my name, Richard Wilkinson, actually meant something, you know, if people knew the name, you know, at a big clientele base. I came to Houston and, uh, I eventually chose the brokerage that I wanted to work in and the career development manager said, Richard, how many people do you know? Because that's where we're going to start with your business. I said, well, Mary, I know five people in America. And two of the people introduced me to the estate agent who introduced me to the brokerage. So four of those people disappeared and I only knew one client, one former client that I had from South Africa who lives in New York. And I really had to build my business from scratch. And I had a lot of hindsight, you know, doing it when I was 18 years old to doing it now. There was a lot of challenges. I'm still building my business, but you know, there's a couple of basics and common denominators between building your business in South Africa and doing it here. So I knew what to focus on. 
the moment I got into real estate here and I got my license, I knew exactly what I had to do and I had a plan to do it. So what did you focus on? The very first thing, and I made this mistake when I was 18, I never had a CRM in South Africa when I was 18. So a lot of the clients that I picked up in my early years, I lost contact with them. So the very first thing I did was I got a CRM. Mm. So I could document literally every single client I met. In my CRM, I've got a contact coach, which reminds me to when, I should, when I've spoken to the person and when I need to reach out to them again. The next thing I did is I had to use internet lead generators. Uh, the reason being is I don't have family and friends. I couldn't leverage any existing relationships. So that's the first thing I had to do. And then I obviously synced that with my CRM. The next thing I did was I networked with every single realtor in my office. There's about 80 realtors in my office. And I networked with every single one. And there's a lot of top producers in my office. And I said to every single one of them, I said, listen, there's any spare clients or any clients that you cannot run I will run them on your behalf and you know I will share commission with you. And that way you don't lose that client because I know you cannot be in two places at once. So if there's anything you want me to do, I will do it. I will sit every single show house which or open house. In South Africa, we say show house. So stop mm-hmm. me if I say any funny words. And uh, I sat as many open houses as I could. I ran every single appointment. And then I have a golden rule in real estate you always answer your phone. If the phone yeah. rings, you answer it and you answer it within three rings. If you're in the shower, you get out the shower and you answer your phone. <laughs> and I can tell you now, April, I haven't missed a phone call. If, if, if it's a bad time for me to speak, I'll still answer the phone, let them know that I will call them back, let them know that they're important, and then I'll phone them back straight away. And I always keep my word when I'm going to phone somebody back. Yes, and you do. I can I can attest to that. <laughs> you know, and it's incredible. I'm wondering how much you're received because I can't decide if it's your beautiful accent or <laughs> or just really your whole personality and I'm sure it's a combination of both, but you do come across as just the most polite, nicest guy and I'm sure that when someone meets you, they think, well, if I do need a real estate agent, I would want to work with Richard. But I think that's so, in so many ways, so elementary and the foundations, the basics, and yet it's worked miraculously for you. So how did that all play out? Tell us more. Yeah. Well, I do think my accent makes me a little bit more memorable than everybody mm. else. Um, right. But I'd, I'd never realized it until I got here. But the other thing I also do is I always dress incredibly smart. Mm. I had some advice from a, a friend here that I met in Texas just before I got my license. He says, Richard, everyone wears jeans and a T-shirt. You don't have to be so formal. This is Texas. It's all good. And I said, okay, that's actually what you're telling me is a good thing because that means all the other realtors will be dressed down. So I dress up. The reason being is it makes me stand out, Mm. you know, makes me a bit more memorable. So, yeah, like you said, with my personality, I I do my best to be reliable. That's the most important thing I can convey to any client that I meet. If you deal with me, I do what I say when I'm going to, when I say I'm going to do it. So, you know, it, it, that builds trust. And I focus very much on relationships with people because at the end of the day, you know, that's, that's 
they're buying a home through me and we're going to be in each other's lives for a decent period of time. It's not like a 20 minute conversation. I'm going to be with you, you know, through the full 30 days to closing or we're looking for two weeks and then eventually we find a home and it's another 30 days on top of that. So the clients have to like me and right. equally so I have to like the client. So I I put in a lot of effort to building those relationships and it's definitely paid off because even though I've only been in America for a short period of time, I'm already generating referrals. I'm getting the neighbors. I'm getting the family members. I'm getting clients who are saying, Richard, do you have experience in commercial? And I actually do from South Africa. And those principles are the same. So now they're saying, Richard, do you want to Would you help me with some of my businesses? I'm relocating from the south of Houston to the north of Houston, um, you know, to be close to the airports and things like that. And I say, yeah, sure, I can help you with that. And obviously, and the other thing I have to mention on that is I have to upskill myself very quickly to make sure I do everything the way it's done here in America as opposed Mm. to South Africa. So I also put in a lot of time on the education side as well. Oh, I, I, no doubt. And I'm wondering how you are doing all of this because you've got a lot, a lot going on. And, and from yeah. a practical standpoint, though, so you're saying you're, you always answer the phone. So how do you handle that? If you are with a client, how are you giving your attention to the client and also answering the phone? How do you deal with that? Well, when I sit down with clients, I often will say to them, Listen, if, if my phone rings, you know, do I have your permission to answer it? And I also pick and choose, you know, with clients, which clients I'm going to do that with. However, a lot of people are very understanding. They understand the business. They understand, you know, I have to answer the phone. And literally, it's a, I answer the phone. I make sure I get the person's name, number, and then I, I will say to them, I'm sitting in front of a client right now. I will give you a call back. I find a lot of clients are understanding about that. So, yes. you know, um, I have roped in a bit of extra help <laughs> with, uh, in terms of backup supports. I do have right. a lady, um, I have two ladies who do help me. Uh, one is another realtor. So should I not have enough time to deal with a certain client, you know, she'll step in and help me. And I've also got a lady who does a lot of the compliance checks and proofreads everything that I do and make sure that I do everything correctly as well. I feel it doesn't matter how much experience you've got in this industry, everyone's a human being, everyone will make a mistake, and everyone just needs those extra pair of eyes to, you know, look over, look over your work. And the lady yeah. I've got, uh, she, her name is Sue, she's incredible. Um, she is a proofreader, she used to do proofreading of books when authors write a book, she used to proofread those books. Right. So... <laughs> she she catches me on commas and grammar and all sorts. <laughs> oh, wow. So it's incredible to me. You've come here and how long have you lived in Houston, Richard? I've lived in America for one year. However, I've been working for four months. Mm. So I'll give you a better background on what I've done. And I'm basically averaging a million dollars a month. In terms of production and where I work, the average house is between 200 and 250,000. And also, my first month of closing, I managed to close 2,150,000 odd where the average property is 200 to $250,000. That's amazing. And I just have to throw in here for those mm-hmm. that are listening that 
are newer to the business or even have been in the business a while and you feel kind of stuck, just understand the hard work pays off. Obviously, it it pays off to work smart, but that's completely incredible, Richard. How did you handle just getting to know the area? I mean, thank God for GPS. We didn't have that in 1986 when I got started in real estate, but I mean, but mm. still, I mean, you, you, to some degree, you have to be familiar with the yes. market and yes. uh, the homes. And, and, and would you say, uh, part B of that question, have you kind of honed into a particular area that you're working in? Or are you just kind of wherever the clients want to go? Really, at this point, I'm wherever the clients want to go and where they need me. Mm. Let me explain it this way. Houston is absolutely huge and Google Maps is my saving grace. Yeah. Google Maps works for me 24-7. <laughs> I probably open Google Maps more than I you know, open WhatsApp <laughs> or right. my text messages. Because when a client speaks to me, the first thing I do is I open up Google Maps, I find out exactly where it is. Because to learn the whole of Houston in under a year or two years, it's near, near impossible it's because it's such a big city. So I research everything. I'm on my computer researching every single community understanding where the schools are, understanding you know how good they are, understanding where all the local attractions are, routes into the city. Oh, sorry, I should say routes into the city. <laughs> <laughs> and understanding where the clients are. So when I give them advice or give them insights, you know, I know where the client's coming from. I know what's important to them. And then when I do my research, that's what I focus on. So yes. I'm still able to add value to a client, um, you know, in this day and age because I've got the internet. Had this been yeah. the 1980s, I don't know, April. I don't know if I could have done it. Oh, yeah. It's changed yeah. so much and so different. But again, I think it's better and things are streamlined. And, and when I started, I was 18 years old and yeah. I – you know, my father was such an encouragement to me and he would just tell me, I, I, I so relate to you talking about dressing professionally because that mm. was so important to me. And I felt, which I've always loved clothing and I'm always drawn to kind of the more professional look. I've got a jacket on right now, mm -hmm. just sitting here doing this interview with you, <laughs> but I feel like it's so often it probably affected me maybe even more than it did the people that I was working with, but I was young and I, <laughs> knew that in a sense I had to prove myself. But my father yes. told me, he said, people will understand if there's something you don't know, you just be honest and tell yes. them I will find out. And, and I'm that. sure that really applies to where you're at as well, because yep. no doubt there are things you understand the business, you're very knowledgeable, but just because you're in a different market, yeah. there's going to be things that are just going to be different. And but you're willing to learn, you're educating yourself, and, and that's incredible. I am just totally blown away at the success that you've had. There's there's three things that come to mind that I want to ask you about. You mm -hmm. mentioned the lead generator. How has that worked for you? That's something that really no one has talked about on the podcast. I'm, and I'm very curious about your perspective on that. Yeah, um, really, it, it comes from different places. So at the moment, because I don't have existing relationships with it, with uh, when I got into the industry, I had to focus on lead generation. So I use all sorts of things from the major portals like Zillow, Realtor.com. I'm starting to build uh, what we call funnels uh, on social media. 
-hmm. So that's where people would actually, you know, click on an ad, look for some sort of advice on real estate, and I provide that free advice. And then, you know, I would get their details from that, and I'm able to reach out to it. Now, it's a volume-based business. Whenever I get a lead, a lot of people say, you need to phone these clients within 10 minutes. But in my world, I don't believe it's 10 minutes. It's not mm. a minute game. It's seconds. You've got to phone them within the first 30 seconds of that lead hitting your phone. So I'm literally at this point in time working seven days a week. Yeah. You know, and I said to my wife, and you mentioned how your father supported you and motivated you. My wife forms that role for me. She's very understanding. I've got an interesting story. When I took her out for one of our first dates, it was a Friday night, and at 11 o'clock at night, we were finishing up in the restaurant. My phone rang. There was a business call. And I said to her, I have to answer it. And she understood why. I think that's when I knew. <laughs> so, you know, she's understanding of the business that I'm in. So that I think is very important for people. But to get back to lead generation, it, you have to be on your game so quickly and so fast. You have to get to that client extremely quickly because this is the 21st century. We live in a fast-paced yes. world. And uh, if you don't do it in under 30 seconds, I can guarantee you there will be another realtor who will get to that person quicker than you. And once they've got that client and they're saying, yes, let me show you these properties, you've lost that client. Mm -hmm. And uh, for my first year, you know, I know I'm going to have to do that to build my clientele base, to build my referral base, and, you know, and then to grow my business to the next level. Because eventually I will have a team like I did in South Africa. Yes. And that was one of the next questions that I wanted to ask you. Do you, so you do have plans to, to build a team. What do you think that will look like? Um, at the, well, as the team leader, I'd have to be the main lead generator. And I think the first person I would hire would actually be an admin lady or admin mm. person, I should say, um, to basically give me that supporting role. Because I know when I jump to five team members, I'll still be in the field, so to speak, showing clients, uh, meeting sellers, showing properties, uh, signing contracts, and going through the entire process. But once I have my first uh, admin administrative person in place, I think that would be the right time to then bring, bring on a buyer's agent. And maybe three or four buyer's agents, and then maybe a, one listing agent after that. Sure. And what kind of timeline do you think? Well, my original plans were in about three years, but because of the way things have gone, that might be early next year, actually, April. Mm, yeah, because that would. <laughs> you've got to be running yourself crazy. I can't I, I even am imagine. Indeed. I am indeed. I mean, I will be showing clients properties after this. And, uh, you know, I was doing all my catching up my admin work this morning, you know, to get everything ready for Monday. So, mm -hmm. because on Monday, I know I just won't have the time to get to it because I'm busy negotiating other deals. Mm. Yeah. And, and so I'm so appreciative they would even take the time out to do the interview. Um, I'm so thankful. How did you determine what brokerage you would go to? It really came down to support infrastructure and for me, name awareness as well. I work at Remax and it's an international brand. I'm familiar with the brand because there is Remax in South Africa. So that was something that was familiar to me. I didn't work in Remax in South Africa, but you know, I had a very good look at that uh, brokerage when I was in the country because I almost landed up managing a Remax in South Africa. So I understood the culture 
understood uh, the way they work, the way they set up their vision going forward, how they like to set up the business. And uh, so that was very familiar to me. Um, the next thing I did is I met a few realtors before I started working. I met a few and I had a lot of questions. So I looked at various different uh, brokerages just to see how they worked, what was the philosophy, how did they go about you know, their marketing activities? How could I embed myself into the local community you know, in order to build my business? Because I needed to find clients very, very quickly. And I determined Remax was the best fit for me. Uh, they gave me a lot of support as well. So they really helped me get up and running very, very quickly, which was important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, they also have a lot of training courses, a lot of extra uh, material and uh, systems in place on the technology side, which I, I have to use because right. I don't have friends and family, you know, or right. existing clientele, because that was my only way that I could see myself, you know, getting up and running very quickly. So, so that, that's why Remax. Right. Well, let me just finish that thought process, though. Mm-hmm. You, there's, I'm sure, several Remax offices, though, in that area. So, did you go in and interview the different companies and just kind of de- to determine, or was there something that kind of led you to one particular? Um, I got led to one particular. Uh, okay. The reason being is I looked at who the realtors were, and I knew one of them. That was one of the ladies. Uh, one of the five people that I knew in America, um, I knew her and her husband. And uh, when I met with her, she is a top producer. She's an incredible lady, does a lot of sales, a lot of listings. Uh, the business that she's able to build up was really incredible for me to see because she was also from, uh, she's from Zimbabwe, actually. But she's okay. been in America a very long time. So I saw what she was able to do. And, you know, we had a couple of chats and I realized she's very, very smart. The business she's built is incredible. And, you know, so I started asking her questions about the other realtors. And then I looked at the other realtors and the teams that are there because they have a couple of very successful teams in that brokerage. And uh, then I actually landed up meeting the owner before I met the broker. So I met the owner. I had a, a, a chat with him because knowing the owner tells me a lot about the company and the culture and where he wants to take the business, mm. you know, because yeah. I come from a background of owning a brokerage. So I have a good understanding of his perspective and the way he would look at the business as opposed to the realtor looking at the business. Right. So I had a good chat with him. And then after that, I scheduled an appointment to meet uh, the broker. And, you know, I had a, a real long chat. It was actually about two and a half hours. I sat down and chatted to her and uh, she was very knowledgeable. and. It was important for me to be somewhere where there's a very knowledgeable broker who, you know, doesn't just understand the business, but understands unique situations. Because being a broker, you have problems that you'd have to deal with and you need to take the right steps in order to get to the right answer. And understanding those steps is what was important to me, not just the answer. Right. So you mentioned that when you got there and you're trying to build your business, mm. you spoke with many of the agents within the company and yes. said, Hey, if you have uh, something that you just don't have time for, let me help you out with that. How were, mm. how receptive were those agents to passing some things off to you? 
You know what? <laughs> um, I think realtors are the same in any country around the world. Eventually, people get too busy, and mm -hmm. I think they appreciate that offer because yeah. often clients will fall by the wayside or slip through the cracks. This is an opportunity for them to still make money, still do do deals effectively and get paid for it mm -hmm. where they don't have to do the work. And uh, some realtors are lazy, April. And someone like me will say, all right, well, if you don't want to do it, I'll do it on your behalf and still get paid a portion of the commission for it. Mm. You know, I'm willing to put in the work. I'll work seven days a week. No problem. Yeah. I, I think maybe sometimes though we fear that approaching those agents, especially those top producing agents yeah. and thinking, oh, they're, yes. they wouldn't be open to that. They yeah. um, will think I'm trying to compete with them, still their True. business. And um, so I think it's, it was just incredibly bold and wise of you to have that conversation with those agents. And so yeah. in that first month, how much of that business do you think came from, do you have an, any idea how much of it came from actually those agents throwing some stuff your way? I would say close to 30 to 40%. Wow. So it's, it's, a, it's a very good thing to do. And anybody who's new in the industry, just remember the top producers, they're human beings like you and me. Mm -hmm. And they would probably appreciate that. They are, I mean, we're all human beings at the end of the day. And when I was in South Africa, and if I was too busy, yeah, I'd pass work on because I still don't want to lose part of that business, you know. Right. And you still right. got to service clients. And clients do appreciate, you know, when they're busy, when, you, when they're dealing with a busy person, they do understand that. I mean, often I have a client will say, Richard, I know you're busy. If you can't do it, you know, don't worry about it. And I say, no, no, I'm never too busy. I will make a plan. This is how we can do it. And wow. People love that, you know. Yes. It's it, that's it's. I think it goes down to service, doesn't it, April? I think it's. Oh, it definitely does. Service. What do you think the takeaway is? Your clients say working with Richard was great because. Do you think there's a a main takeaway in that regard? I often get told um, that I'm very efficient, very professional, very kind. I listen. Uh, that's I've, I've had a look at my Zillow reviews, all this, the five-star Zillow reviews, and they say, um, you know, you know, it's a smooth process. Um, nothing is ever too much trouble. That's one. That's one comment that actually stood out to me. I don't believe in saying no. I believe in saying yes as much as I can, obviously right. within reason. Um, right. And I, I do try to go out of my way uh, to help people, and uh, that's why I get referrals. That's why. Do you feel like some clients take advantage of that? That's a very good question because sometimes <laughs> I have thoughts about that. Um, I think I have had the case. Yes, I do think I have had the case. 90% of the time, no. 10% of the time, yeah, I do think some clients do. It becomes an expectation. But, you know, it's it comes with the good and the bad. And as, as you grow in this business in South Africa, I was able to pick and choose my clients very easily and then the clients i might you know might not want to work with i would pass on to my team to my agents below me and mm -hmm. and you know they would run those clients i would still oversee all the transactions make sure everything goes perfectly and now and then i would touch base with that client to make sure everything is going well uh, so service uh, standards and levels are met because that's something i'm very strong on as well yeah so i do think so and i think you know in america i'll still have 
some very demanding clients. Mm. And eventually I will have a team and we'll be able to, you know, handle those clients' demands in a better, well, I shouldn't say better. We should be able to handle those clients' concerns and demands with a bit more ease when you have a, bit, a bigger team. Right, right. Be less less on you maybe Correct. To, Correct. when you add those other people onto your team. You know, it's just fascinating to think about you coming here, you're new, not only to a market, but you're new to the country and just the, as you said, the ways that we do things and the, the processes, but you didn't say, I mean, you talked about the volume, but Mm -hmm. in that first month, I believe you had incredible amount of success and You're in it. Go ahead and, and let us know. One. You can. <laughs> I went straight to number one in my office. That's uh, completely incredible. Out of 80 out realtors, of 80 yes. right? Yeah. And I beat all teams except for one for that. Wow. Month. Yeah. That was quite a, quite, it was quite a thing. It blew my mind. Um, did I ever expect that? No ways. Never. Not a chance. You know, had I hit a million dollars, if you said, Richard, uh, you'll hit a million dollars in your first month, I would have said that's absolutely amazing and probably laughed you off the park and say, never, it's never going to happen. But uh, it did. And, it, you know, I've managed to continue with uh, great numbers after that. So, yeah, it's a, uh, I'll tell you what, the owner of the brokerage phoned me up and, you know, gave me a congratulations. And the <laughs> and, yes, uh, as they should have. Yes. And, uh, and I had a lot of people asking me how. And right. uh, what I've told you is what I've told them. And it's, you know, it's it really is the basics. I think a lot of, you know, realtors will spend so much money on marketing and then they, 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 fall, they fall flat on the basics. They won't answer their phone, you right. know. And if you don't answer their phone, you've lost the client. I don't miss phone calls. It just doesn't happen. So, Richard, you can't Mm -hmm. keep on at this pace. I know you have to know that. You're wise. Um, You've been in it before. So how are you going to handle it? I know you've talked about the team, but the balance, um, you know, just creating a good, healthy balance in your life. Do you kind of have a plan for that or is it just the team? Uh, Yes, I do have a plan. I know I cannot uh, work like this forever. I've burnt out before when I was young in South Africa. I was going full tilt, um, literally working every single day for the whole year and then maybe taking a weekend off around Christmas Mm -hmm. and New Year's. And yeah, I really struggled because I got into the industry at 18 and I think I burnt out at about, 20 and then I burnt out again at about 22 actually I didn't learn my lesson Mm. because by then I was in a management role so you know I was really and oh yes we went into the great recession at that time (laughs) Um, so yes I've lost a lot of hair uh, because of that Um, but I'll come back to the great recession a little bit later I do have a plan the team is part of the plan um, because I know I need at least one day off a week. I do know that. Right. I know my right. limits. Um, so a team does play quite a big role, but I never ever want to step away from working with a buyer and a seller. I'll pass off a lot of work onto the team, but I never ever want to leave it because it is a passion. I love it. I enjoy mm-hmm. it. I enjoy doing the deal. It's, you know, people focus on the money and they shouldn't. I actually get a little bit of a kick, like an adrenaline kick out of the deal you know especially the the difficult ones those tough negotiations where there's a lot of back and forth i relish 
that. I enjoy it. For me, it's yeah. fun. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm working every single day, but since I've started working in America, April, I haven't worked a day yet. I enjoy it. I really yeah. do enjoy it. Um, that's why I'm thrilled to do this uh, conversation with you because I love talking about the brokerage business. Sure. It's what I enjoy. And when you, you know, I'm sitting here catching myself smiling really big because when you talk about just being passionate about it, I love real estate. I mean, I truly, I love it. And I can remember just a very specific day back a very long time ago. And, and I had just had an awesome day. I mean, it was a day that, you know, several deals just came together that I'd been working on and pulled together and where I was working both sides of the deal, which that was even before seller agency and buyer agency. You know, we did, we slapped a lot of deals together on our own and, and because I was familiar with the market and knew what was out there and found a, you know, that for sale by owner for a buyer that I was working on and a commercial deal all on the same day. And I can remember just relishing in that feeling. And I still, even though I'm not an active, I don't have a license and I don't actively buy and sell now, I still follow the markets. I buy properties when I can buy them right and flip. And I just, I love it. And it's, uh, if it gets in your blood and you truly love it, then, you know, we all understand that. And you're talking about it and I'm sitting here smiling, you know, so big because I, I relate to that. I understand. So you mentioned that recession. How did you, how did that affect you? <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very long year in my life. Um, I was, in charge of running uh, a brokerage in South Africa. And uh, I joke, I don't have much hair these days. And it was because of that year, 2008 going into 2009. Um, I was scrambling all over the place to save all the, all the deals that were in our brokerage because literally the market just switched off. The banks started pulling the the home loans that they had granted um, before the property had registered into the buyer's name. So they were literally the banks were canceling deals. I remember one day we, in my office, there was 10 deals canceled in one day, Wow! one day. And I mean, the amount of commission that is for our brokerage was huge. Right. You know, and then the phones literally stopped ringing. It was incredible. I used to joke that I used to pick up my landline to phone my cell phone just to see if my cell phone still worked. And yes, my phone actually rang and, uh, you know, there was no, it was, the buyers just dried up and property prices literally just plummeted over within a space of a month. It was incredible. So what we had to do was I actually went on a recruitment drive. I had to recruit more talented, you know, agents from the companies that were going under. So I was able to recruit a couple of good producing agents and get them into my brokerage. And that managed to pull the business around, you know, and that's how we just pulled through because I had to get more talent into the brokerage to produce deals because there were few and far between. So wow. that's, that was my strategy and we, I pulled it off, but it was not easy. Uh, it was yeah. a real, real, you know, I questioned my career in real estate. I really did at that stage because it was crazy. And that questioning that you did that introspection mm -hmm. how did you kind of pull yourself through that encourage yourself um just not quit i mean how did yeah, you just keep from quitting i do have a never say die attitude i have a lot of self-belief in myself i'm very confident um 
I do have a, a lot of drive. Everyone tells me that. A very strong work ethic, but it's basically our backs are against the wall. And you know what? If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down fighting. I'm going to go down with a swinging. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and that's how it was. I mean, South Africa is a very small economy compared to America. Mm. So when things, when the market goes bad, it goes bad very quickly and it gets ugly very quickly. And uh, yeah, I literally woke up, looked myself in the mirror and uh, said, right, well, you're going to give it your best shot today and off you go, you know, yeah. do your best. Because at the end of the day, that's all we've got. That's right. That's right. And, you know, failure, and not that that mm. was failure, but anytime there's that downward slide, a failure, uh, a miss, mm. I think we grow from it and we yes. determine what we're made of. Yes. And I just feel like somebody's going to make it. Why shouldn't it be me? And yeah. I, I'm going to, mm. you know, I'm just going to keep swinging as long as I can and keep fighting. I don't want to lose by default. So, yeah. you know, let's just keep at it. But, and not to say that I've always won. There's been some times, you know, it just, it didn't work out, but I still, you know, I kept swinging as long as I could. Yeah. And I think the hard work, it's so important. And, you know, you keep looking for a strategy. And yeah. I've said in many of these interviews, I can remember any time when I was actively selling real estate and I listened to the cassette tapes that were basically mm -hmm. interviews just like this and had one in my car all the time. And if I was discouraged and my business wasn't where I wanted it to be, I mm. would sit there and just start asking myself, okay, what am I not doing? What do I know to do that I'm not doing? And yeah. usually I could always go, oh yeah, I know I should be doing this. And so let's get at it, you know? And yeah. that's when I would sit in my office at night calling for sell by owners and, you know, staying in contact with them. And if That's nothing it. else, I was going to find a listing. So it's so important in that. And I can tell that you do have that drive. The and basics always get you yeah. through. The basics yeah. get you through. And I will tell anybody who goes through a tough time, go through it because you learn a lot about yourself. Absolutely. That's and so we're true. We're all stronger than what we think. Yeah. So I'll make this maybe one of the last questions. If mm -hmm. any, how have you learned and, and kept yourself inspired? What books are you reading? Who do you mm -hmm. have mentors? Who, how are you moving forward? I used to read a lot of books when I had a bit more time in South Africa. Sure. Um, one book that really stood out to me and helped me, and I think I was about 21 or 22 when I read this book. It was Selling by Tom Hopkins. Mm. Um, that book taught me a lot. It helped me. It, it changes your mindset on when you're dealing with a client. It changes how you approach certain problems because, you know, every, every deal is different. Every client is different. No problems are exactly the same. Um, so you have to have the right mindset and the right steps, the right process and thoughts to approach a problem in order to deal with it and make sure, you know, you keep the clients happy. And it, it also helps you Try to understand where a client is coming from. And if you understand that, then you're able to help that client, you know, in ways that other agents wouldn't because they don't understand where the client is coming from. And that book really helped me with that. Wow. So, and nowadays, uh, I'm still trying to learn. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts at the moment. Yeah. Um, and there's one called Real Estate Masters, which I think is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think it's awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love that. Thanks for the plug there, Richard. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so podcast at the moment, when I drive to work, it takes me a one hour drive to my office. And uh, oh. yeah, so that's where I get that in. It's better than listening to music, you know, or the radio. Yeah. Listen yeah. to the podcast, podcast and, you know, it, it helps you. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I love podcasts, listen to them and also audiobooks. So I, you know, even when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'm usually either listening to a podcast or an audiobook. I, I like to be multitasking and, you know, accomplishing mm. more than uh, just curling my hair in the morning. Yeah, it's so. maximizing your time. Absolutely. And I, where I live, I don't have, well, I work from home, but if I'm not working from home, even just to drive in the car, I'm usually about five minutes to anywhere I'm going. So I don't get that long commute. And uh, is that something new to you in the Houston area from Johannesburg or did you uh, have a commute there as well? I did have a little bit of a commute in uh, South Africa. It was about 20 minutes, but not like okay. Houston. Uh, Houston is just so big. Yeah. And I always say, to, I joke with everybody, wherever you go in Houston, it's 50 minutes to an hour. It doesn't matter where you go. You can just put mm. in your GPS. It's 50 minutes to an hour. It's wow. It's it's amazing city. I, I really enjoy it. But I, it blew my mind is how big it really is. It's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So, and your wife's happy there as well? She loves, she loves Texas. Yeah. You know, that, that, they joke here. They say, uh, you may not be born in Texas, but you got here as quick as you could. <laughs> I love that scene. <laughs> yes, that's I like that too. I lived in Texas for a while as a kid and I love it and I have a lot of good friends there as I told you before. So mm -hmm. it is a good place and a good Mexican food, right? Absolutely love Tex-Mex. Love yeah, it. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm in I'm in Northeast Ohio with a lot of Italians and uh, we have Tons of Italian restaurants, but not so much uh, on the Mexican end. So yeah. <laughs> love the Tex-Mex. Well, Richard, anything else that you just want to share to our listeners? It's just been a delight to have this time with you. Yeah, I think anybody coming into this industry, I just want to say it's a fantastic industry to be in, uh, especially in America here. You are blessed beyond belief. Uh, wow. with the systems that you have and the way it is, it is all set up. It could be a lot more difficult, and I can guarantee you it is. I'm blown away, and I think, you know, America has a lot to be proud of, you know, in the country that they've created. Um, I know there's elections coming up, but, you know, all Americans should be proud of America because yeah, uh, it's an amazing country. I've lived in two other countries, and they're not as, as amazing as America. And this industry when you get into it, just do the basics and do them extremely well. And if you answer your phone, you're better than 80% of the other realtors out there and you will get yes. ahead. So That's absolutely right. So true. Oh, Richard, thank you so much. And you know what? I guarantee you we are going to do this again. I'm going to give you about a oh, year fantastic. and then we're going to have to reconvene because I'm going to want to hear about the team that you built and what kind of success you had. Although now you do understand this mm -hmm. amazing seller's market that we've been existing mm -hmm. in is not the norm. I'm sure someone's oh, already know. told you that. <laughs> oh, I, know. I know very well. I've been through the the booms, the busts and the average markets. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I know everybody's yeah, everybody's making hay while the sun is shining right now. So, Absolutely. which is understandable. Many, many blessings to you, to your wife. We hope that America will be your home for a very, very long I'm sure time. It will. I'm sure it will. Absolutely love it. And uh, 
yeah, I'm very excited for the future going ahead. It doesn't matter what comes. If it's a boom, bust, I'll be ready for it. That's right. I believe that you will, no doubt. So thanks, Richard. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, April. Wasn't that incredible? I would love to know what your takeaway was from this interview. What is something that you are going to implement into your business? Listen, let me ask you, please subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review. I love getting reviews like this. Rue Rised, R-U-R-I-S-E-D, said, full of great information. I have learned so much from these podcasts. April does an excellent job of asking the right questions of her guests. The information that is freely shared will bless any agent who puts it to use. Thanks, April. And a huge thank you to all the superstar agents out there who continue to share the things that help them to reach some pretty amazing goals in real estate. Thanks for the review. And we would appreciate it if you would also give us a review and a good rating on whatever platform that you listen to podcasts. Share with some other agents. We really want to see continued success with the podcast and that will happen because of you. And if you'd like us to continue to put this great information out that I believe that you would benefit from, then give us some reviews, share with other people and subscribe. As we are preparing, can you believe it's the first of November when this comes out? And I absolutely cannot believe that this year is about to wrap up. And I know all of us went to see 2021 with a great amount of hope and just an encouraging year. And that will happen if we plan for it. And obviously we can't plan for everything. There's always things that crop up, but you can plan for what you want the year to look like as you sit down and you carve out and you think about how much do you want to work as if you listen to the interview with Andrea Bloom, she shares, she plans how much money she wants to make for the year and therefore how much time that she wants to work. I hope that you work to live and that you don't live to work and that work is really in good balance. So I hope that you're really thinking about how 2021 is going to shape up. If you do not have a coach, feel free to reach out to me. Obviously, there's tons of real estate coaches out there. You need to find one that you will work well with that is going to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve. A coach is someone that helps you see often in yourself. A coach sees in you what you often don't see in yourself and will help bring that out of you. And a coach also helps console someone over their losses and you know helps them look to see all that they can become. And as a coach, those are always the things that I want to accomplish with a client and helping them to live the life that they dream about and, um, and it can happen. So if you don't have a coach, a mentor, think about reaching out. I would love to do a discovery call with you and see if we would be a good fit. You can find me at coachaprilmack.com. Well, until next time, go sell a lot of ha- properties and be very blessed. I'll look forward to seeing you on the next podcast.